no tenants, no termites, no toilets, no trash. Um, I could go on, but you know, land is, it's an easy asset class to work with because there's less problems to sort out. It still has problems because often we will come across land where a seller is motivated to get rid of it because they've inherited it, they bought it and had plans, they've held on to it for a long time and it's now become a non-performing asset. You know, it's costing them more to hold it and nothing's been done with it. So what a year 2020 was. 2021 is here and I hope you're hitting the ground running. I know we are here at Dwelling. We've just got a deal on the contract. We're going to be closing on soon. For those that have joined us on that deal, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you are saying, what am I talking about? Then you need to take your investing game to the next level in this year. So make sure you join the Dwelling deal list, an exclusive deal list. Um, not only do you get access to our deals, quickly but you also get tips and tricks about you know how you can take your, your investing game to the next level this year so if you are not on the dwelling deal list click on the link in the show notes or just go to dwelling.com um, that's d-w-e-l-l-y-n-n.com or just go to investwithola.com and just sign up sign up sign up sign up Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Paula Dantins. I've got an incredible, um, legendary guest with us today, Alicia Jarrett. Hey, Alicia. Hi. Hi. I, I'm so surprised that you used the word legendary. That's never been in a sentence before with me, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so lovely to have you. Um, kind of kind of wait. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I know for, yeah. for those listening, like it's super early in the morning for you, and it's it's end of the night for me. So I appreciate your time in uh, in having me on. Yeah, and it's the legendary one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for our listeners, you know, can you just kind of tell us um, who Alicia is, um, what you've been doing um, lately, and kind of what you've been up to? Yeah. Oh, where do we start? So. Uh, so for those that are listening and can tell from my accent, as Ola and I were just talking before about where we're all from. So uh, I am calling you from Australia and uh, my partner, Matthew, and I, we do investing in the States uh, with all things real estate. So we started investing Ola about four years ago now, just over four years. And a lot of people looked at us and thought we're crazy because we're halfway around the world. We're in different time zones. We speak, you know, we, we all speak English, but there's a different language when it comes to real estate. Doing deals is different. Everything's different. So we uh, we put the crazy hat on about four years ago and started doing some fix and flip houses over in the States right at that time when it was all the rage to have TV shows for fix and flips houses. And uh, and we had a great time. We, we did some really fantastic deals, but, you know, we, we saw that there was a bit of a shift in the market. And uh, so we changed asset classes about three years ago now and started doing land investing. Um, so we we basically only focus in Florida at this point in time, but uh, Florida has more than enough deals. And in, in the couple of years we've been doing it, we've now grown to a team of four that, that help us out in our land business full time, as well as people on the ground over in Florida that are part of our team. And I think to, um, Ola, as what I really love about this business and also doing this remotely from the other side of the world is we've been on a real journey of, I guess, challenging the status quo on how business is done. Systems, technology, data, marketing, 
bless you, all things like that, where, um, where we've also now morphed into a few other businesses. So we have our land business, but then we also have another business called Supercharged Offers, which is a real estate marketing business. We purely created that for us to do business better. Um, and that's launched into another business that also has a team sitting behind it. Uh, and you know, third and fourth to that, we're about to launch another business called neighbourletters.com, all through data and technology. Uh, and we've got another business called Property Wizards. So we've got our hands full, which is loads of fun. We've been doing some great stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm just blown away. I'm, I'm like literally blown away. So first and foremost, that the fact that you flipped, you know, <laughs> from Australia, that's like just amazing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> even, even guys that are here, guys and girls that are here in the United States struggle to do this. So the fact that you even did that is pretty remarkable, actually. Um, the fact that we did it from the other side of the world. But, yeah, uh, and look, it, just, just to your well. point, yeah, just to your point, you know, um, doing fix and flips with houses does have its challenges. And I think for anybody listening, if they haven't done it before, you know, we have, I'll, I'll take a step back. With our supercharged offers business, we, we do marketing for anybody that's a real estate investor so across all asset classes, single family home, multifamily, you know, mobile home, land, you name it, we do it. A lot of our uh, clients that come to us that do single family homes for fix and flip, they've really seen the market change and just how competitive it is to still get, but even now to get good contractors, manage your contractors properly, manage the project, get a return on investment. So four years ago, it was difficult, but I think it's even more difficult now because the market's shifted as markets do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And maybe you kind of answered my, you know, the question I was actually, um, you know, thinking of asking you, why did you guys make that transition? You know, even if you were flipping, yes, you might not be in the same time zone. Yes, you might not be in the same country. But why didn't you continue flipping single family homes? Yeah, the, the main reason, the, there's a couple of main reasons. The, the first one was we, we did see a shift in the market. So we very easily bought a couple of properties that, that we were able to fix and flip. All the properties that we, we did, um, we got on the market very cheap. We got them easily. There was lots of deals. It wasn't competitive. And at just a certain point, trying to get really good properties that they're, you know, pre-rehab value and, and after repair value and seeing what the difference was between what we could get in a competitive market and what we could then sell it for in a, a different market as well. We were seeing a shrinkage in what that opportunity was. So that was one reason. The second reason is that at the time that we changed asset classes, I think it was also at the height of everybody wanting to do a fix and flip. You know, you name it, there was uh, all these shows on HDTV that were showing anybody and everyone, no matter where you were, if you, if you were in Texas or Florida or anywhere, um, you know, there's some names that we could mention and they did awesome jobs on fix and, fixing and flipping, but it created a, a frenzy. And so therefore there were so many people out there doing it that we even noticed that holding on to our own contractors was, was hard. And the third reason I think is that our last house, I'm trying to think of the nicest way to put this, but the last house nearly killed us. Ola. <laughs> we, uh, we got to the last house and, and here's the, um, I think the takeaway here for anybody listening we had a strategy with our fix and flips and that was affordable housing. We were buying houses for as low as, you know, $15,000, $20,000. 
um, doing some fixing and flipping at a basic level and making it still affordable housing for people if we were to even sell it back on the market at $50,000. And people might go, wow, that seems so low. But in an affordable housing market, there's still money to be made and there's still enough in the deal once you've put your, your rehab on it to, to make some money. But then all of a sudden, yeah, so, so affordable housing was great and we loved it and we we had a passion for it because we, we do believe that everybody has the right to kind of, you know, call somewhere home. Um, we're pretty passionate about that. But our last house that we did, we changed strategy. And I'm not even going to say change strategy because it wasn't deliberate, but we went for a $400,000 house. Wow. <laughs> and um, we put a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money into this property and it changed. It changed everything. It changed what we were thinking of, of getting for this property. It changed our strategy of who we used as a contractor. It changed the numbers dramatically on our cost to hold and, and what we sold it for. And what we thought we could do in about two to three months ended up taking us nearly a year. Um, and we broke even in the end, but nobody wants to break even after a year of working hard, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that last house made us... Yeah, yeah. So that last house really just made us pause and take a bit of time out and say, okay, what's the business strategy moving forward? Is single family homes and fixing and flipping what we still want to do? And if not, what other asset classes can we explore? And that's how we came across land. Why land? All right. No tenants, no termites, no toilets, no trash. Um, I could go on, but, you know, land is, it's an easy asset class to work with because there's less problems to sort out. It still has problems because often we will come across land where a seller is motivated to get rid of it because they've inherited it. They bought it and had plans. They've held on to it for a long time and it's now become a non-performing asset. You know, it's costing them more to hold it and nothing's been done with it. So you have these motivated people that want to get rid of land. And it still comes with problems, but the problems are a lot more easily solved. Paying back taxes and liens, working through probate, getting survey issues and boundary issues fixed. They're relatively easy to do when you know what you're doing. And then making that land usable. So taking a, a, an asset where no one's using it, it's, it's raw land, it can be an infill lot or acreage, and trying to find someone that can make use of it it's actually filled with a lot of joy. The amount of people, I even had a, um, a seller come back to me this morning on a testimonial and they said, thank you for taking away my problem because I just wanted someone to problem and get rid of this land because it was costing me money and I didn't want to do it myself and you guys made it easy. So it's an easy asset to, to work with. There's lots of different exit strategies that you, you can use for land, probably more so than houses. Um, and, uh, and it's exciting. I think sometimes people go, oh, land, a bit boring. But we've had so much fun with land and we've come across so many amazing people from both the seller and the buyer side. Um, and it's, it's really satisfying. And a yeah. quicker turnaround time. <laughs> much yeah. quicker turnaround time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I wanted to kind of have a kind of benchmark of a single family home that you did, like your best one. And then your best land so far, like like using like two case studies to see um, yep. if you were open to that. I'm just, I was just kind of curious uh, for folks listening as well. Yeah, yeah, let, let's do that. But if, if um, I don't want it to just focus on the financials, though, because I think what is more important when you're looking at a business model is a couple of other things. And that is things like the velocity of money. You know, how quickly can you get your money back and recycle it and, and do more deals? Stress. 
how stressful our deals. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, how stressful is it? And is it worth your time and your energy to get that return back? Um, People and resources, you know, is something resource intensive versus resource non-intensive. So I think when you're comparing numbers, um, I'd really love for your listeners to take into account not just the numbers, but how you want to run your business and the types of deals that you want to do. So if we can take one of our best houses, I think one of our best houses, it was a a little three bedroom house uh, when we we got a three bedroom, one bathroom in a reasonable, you know, lower to middle class area in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, And I remember when we bought it and we actually went over to Florida because we usually spend most like half of our time in the States, but due to COVID, that's not happening at the moment. And, and we bought this house. We hadn't even seen it. We have a, a realtor that we work with on our team who is just wonderful. And we bought this house. And I remember when we first went over to, to do the rehab. So we wanted to set up the contracting team, put them in place, do all the plans for the rehab. And then we jump on a plane and come home and have it finished. And this particular house, I remember walking into it and it was like, how can anybody have actually lived in here? Because someone lived in it beforehand and it was just it was revolting. It was disgusting. It was it was probably one of the worst things I've process, ever experienced. Yeah, humbling. Oh. It's very humbling. Yeah, you just feel thankful. It, like, it oh is. It's very humbling. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you think, okay, a part of me, my heart goes, what kind of state was this person in by the time they left this property? Because it's just, it's just not a healthy place to be. Anyway, our plans for that property and what we had budgeted to do probably doubled in the end. Um, but what we bought the property for, um, now I'm, I'm going on a memory here, so and I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but I know that we we bought it for in a, the, the 40s. We probably spent a good uh, 20 to 25,000 on it. Um, so we're talking into the 60s and we sold it for just uh, high 80s. So it was still a, a reasonable profit, but it was highly stressful. We went through a number of different contractors because it was at that height as well when contractors were coming and going. Um, hard to manage remotely for quality control and very time intensive and stress intensive for that 20K. And that probably took about five months in total by the time you you acquire the property, go over, put the team in place, do the rehab, put it back on the market, sell it and close it. It's probably a good four to five months to get that 20K back. Let's now compare that to land. So we put out deals all the time uh, for land and uh, we, we, mark, we you know, do the same as what most people do, Ola. We, we find off-market deals. Uh, one of the best ones we've done, there's, a, there's quite a couple, but one that I think is quite memorable is, uh, is a recent one where we got uh, about 36 acres under contract and, uh, and half of it was um, uh, wetlands that couldn't be built on. So we're like, okay, you know, what's this going to look like? But we ended up getting it under contract for about, I think, 75000 um, which might sound like, well, you know, is that high or is that low? But again, land all depends upon where it is, what can be used for it, and just like houses, all the comps that are around it. And I thought, hmm, I don't know if we're going to be able to sell this one because less than half of that acreage is not buildable, <laughs> but let's see what we can do. Put it onto the market. It was one of our most popular properties ever, uh, even though we were fully transparent about, hey, it's 36 acres, but there's not much you can do with it. Um, and found a buyer who wanted to move down from Georgia to Florida. He knew that that there would be some mitigation on the land. He knew that there was some, you know, things that needed to be done engineering-wise to build on it. But he bought it and we made about $45,000 profit in the space of, you know, eight weeks. <laughs> 
So, not bad. You know, and again, less stress because you're not dealing with contractors. The only people we need to deal with is maybe a survey company, which was fine, our title company. Um, and in some cases, which wasn't the case in this property, but when there's probate issues that need to be sorted so we can offer title insurance, often we're dealing with a probate attorney, but that's it. There's nothing more complicated than that. Um, so most of our average deals with land, you know, at the moment, the market's pretty hot, Ola, and we're finding that we acquire a property and we put it on the market within two to three days and the good properties are gone within a week. Wow. And the average, you know, an average deal, let's just go with an average, let's just say an average deal can be anywhere between, say, eight to 12,000. Um, yes, we have lower end deals that might only be, only be a few thousand, but if it's a few thousand dollars and you do one of those every week, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, all day long without the contractors and the toilet. All day long, yeah. And I think sometimes <laughs> people are people shy away from the lower end deals, but I think if you've got lower end and you've got higher end deals and they're all serving a purpose to help out a seller and to find a buyer, everyone wins. Supercharge.com. You would not believe this, but um, I have an what? analyst work with me and he was telling me, oh, there's this great company um they they help they do like real estate marketing it's called supercharge i'm like well supercharge is that gonna <laughs> supercharge.com the true story alicia true story this was just yesterday no the day before oh yesterday. my goodness and i was like okay so i looked at the company i was like oh this is pretty cool oh, what is this now oh wow and then i was about to set up your interview <laughs> for zoom and I saw your email, Alicia, supercharged.com. I was like, wait, that's the same, that's the same company. <laughs> my guy was talking to me about uh, my analyst. So, yeah, so that's, that's a good sign, um, actually. Um, so That's yeah, a great yeah. sign. T tell him we said thank you. <laughs> I will. I will. I definitely will. Um, so tell me, what is that? And tell us more about sure. supercharged.com. So, so what I love about superchargedoffers.com is that it was an accidental business. And this, I think, um, Ola, comes from the fact that, you know, we are the other side of the world. And there's a lot of real estate educators out there that teach people how to do things a particular way. And we went and did all the real estate education for us to learn how to do our business. But very quickly, we got to see that what we were being taught was a little bit archaic in some of its practices, very manual um very time intensive very labor intensive and with my background in organizational development and team management and my partner matt's background in technology and data and, and transition transformation we just sat back and really thought of our own business about two years ago now and thought okay how can we set up our own business to be more efficient so what if we were to have an acquisition system that literally worked for us all the time because this is the thing that you'll see, no matter if you're doing single family homes, multifamily homes, land, if you're out there trying to get deals, you expend a lot of energy and time trying to get a deal. And then once you've got those deals, you're spending all this energy and time on your disposition, you know, trying to um, broker the deal, get rid of the deal, sell the deal, whatever it might be. And then you turn back to your pipeline and it's empty. And we were seeing that a lot in our own business. And we thought to ourselves, all right, well, what is it that we can do better here? How can we manage data in a way that serves us rather than downloading lists and having two people cleanse it and not having the data up to date and all of these things. So we created our own data warehouse and we invested in that. Now, here's the caveat here. I don't want people listening to think that we're a data provider because we're not. 
we have the same data that everybody else uses, but we just use it in a different way. And we've invested really heavily in that. So making sure we've got data working for us, making sure the data gives us a mailing rate that's about 99% delivered. So having good cleansing processes in place for data, making sure that when the mail's getting delivered, we're also doing online marketing to our target market too. So to give you an example, um, Ola, we send out about, for our business, we send out anywhere between 10 to 20,000 offers a month, depending upon what's going on in our pipeline. Yeah, I just saw your eyes go big there, right? That's a lot. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> so that is a lot of mail. It is a lot. It is a lot. So for most people who want to do their real estate investing business full time, to send out 10 to 20,000 offers a month, you need some pretty good smarts to manage that amount of data and that amount of marketing and, you know, know the, the flow of what that means for deals. And so when we sat back and said, well, how can we do this better? We wanted to make sure that we had an end-to-end -end acquisition from the, as I said, the, the data, the direct mail, then the, the digital. So making sure we're using the, the right messaging and audience to, to have really good real estate marketing for an acquisition. Um, because I think a lot of people out there don't really understand marketing to, to some degree as well. But at the same time that we're sending mailers, we're also using the data. So rather than just doing blanket ads out to anybody, if we're mailing out to those 20,000 people a month, those 20,000 people are getting ads and put in front of them in Facebook and Google, and we're retargeting them. So we're getting brand recognition. So we're pushing traffic to the site. We're doing SEO optimization at the same time that we're sending out mailers, you know, using the data to, to drive performance and to also measure marketing outcomes. Um, so now what happens is our acquisitions never stop and our team is in place to answer the phone and those inquiries and convert them. And then my focus and energy is now on managing my team and managing the deals with our title company. Um, so it's, it okay. was just a way for us to really fast track our business and do things smarter. And then what happened is we showed it to a few friends in our network and they're like, can you do that for us? <laughs> and, you know, within the space of a short period of time, another business was born. So yeah, Supercharged wow. Offers, we've now got um, a team of nine uh, that help us with that business. Some are, are full-time, some are part-time. And um, we've got everything from, you know, data people, data scientists, data analysts, um, marketing content writers, uh, marketing designers, developers, um, you name it. <laughs> it's all there, which is wow. great. And I think what I love about that, Ola, is that you know, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to do their real estate investing business on their own, and they can't necessarily afford a team of nine that sits behind them. So what I love is that we're almost able to be their virtual team. And some of the products that we've produced for some of our customers, they just they are blown out of the water because quality. Give us an example. Give us an example. So if I'm a, let's say I'm a land investor, right, and I come to you and say, hey, Alicia, um, you know, help me. How, like, what are you going to do for me? I know you kind of mentioned it, but I've got my process going. I'm doing some land deals yep. or some multifamilies, whatever we do multifamily mainly, but. What, what does that look like? We, we, what, we've got some multifamily customers too. Yeah, so what does it look like? So first things first, it's an end-to-end done-for-you campaign. And then most people, we, we kind of look at it and say, let's get the engine going. And then you're, once your engine's running, you just keep doing data and mailings. So what it looks like, for a typical customer, they would come to us and just as you said, they'd be like, got my business going, but need to get this more efficient, need to get some stuff up and running. And I need to, this is where it's probably critical, I want to stand out from everybody else doing the same thing I'm doing. 
because most people get taught the same way and then they all look and sound the same. So first thing we do is we, we do a consulting call with them. That consulting call is like a, a business development call that actually helps them map out what's their business strategy, what do they want their business to look like, what are their returns looking like, and how do we reverse engineer that to make sure that the right marketing strategy is put in place, which is actually different to what most people do. Most people just go, I need a website, I need to do some mailers, and I need to get my message out there without stopping to think about the right messaging, the right systems, and what their conversion rates need to be to get what their business outcome is. So the first thing we do is, is quite a detailed business consulting call where we bring all of our expertise to that call and really help the person to map out what their business is. And let me pause there and ask you a question, Ola. Out of all the people you know that do real estate investing, how many of them do you think have actually got a documented strategy? Yeah, that's a very good question. Probably, I'm sure most, most don't have a, a documented process. You're right. Yeah. Most have a high level idea about here's the areas I want to go over after. Here's my asset class. Here's the returns I'm looking for. And that's about it. But not many people I know actually stop to build an entire business strategy with a marketing strategy in it. And that's the first thing that we do. The second thing we then do is we go into design mode. So we custom design all of their content based upon who they are and who they're going after and what kind of business they want to position. So our content writers get, get to work. The content writers build out all of their specialized page content, their ad content. We write eBooks, we do interviews, we, we do white papers, we write listicles. We do any type of marketing asset that they want to position themselves as an expert within their, their, their asset class. Whilst our content team's getting to work, we also have our data team get to work. So we jump on another call with our customer and we spend about an hour going through all of their wants, hopes, dreams and needs when it comes to all things data. Um, and then we, we can then start with, you know, if somebody says, I really want to do 20 deals a month um, or five deals a month, whatever it might be, across North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, here's my areas, here's my ideal customer, here's my ideal seller, here's all these characteristics. We then go and mine the data for them. And then we put that data through more than 23 what's called ETL processes, which is extract, transform and load. And that's basically the technical term for how you cleanse and use data so that your data performs at a very high level for you. Most people don't even know how to do that. So the content writers are going at the same time, our data team is getting all the data ready. Once the content has been approved, we then get our designers involved. And our designers will then take your brand, if you've got one, if you haven't, we'll design one with you. And they will make you look pretty darn special. So we build out and design um, sales pages that actually work and convert uh, ads, Facebook posts. We redo your Facebook page. We do social media ads. We do social media, um, different posts that they can use and reuse uh, across different mediums. Uh, and then at the end, we bring that all together and launch. So at the time of launching, they end up with an engine where every phone call, every piece of mail that's returned, every click to their website, any interaction that customers have all go into a marketing dashboard. And they're able to actually see, is their marketing working for them? Because a lot of people do what I call the pray and hope method, um, or hope and pray method is probably the better word to use, where they just throw out to the universe a whole bunch of messages, be that direct mail, you know, a landing page that probably has not much on it, and they just pray that someone's going to notice them. 
but that's not how marketing works. You know, marketing works with at least seven to 13 minimum, seven to 13 touches for people to build trust, build relationship, get to know you, and then finally maybe call you. So, um, so we build out the entire end-to-end engine. And when I do launch calls, I, I still do the launch calls. We have a sales manager based in New York and she's wonderful, but I still love to get on with our customers at that end of the, the build stage of all of their campaign when we're launching and have them look at everything and they're like, oh, wow, I look like a big business now. I look really professional. Look at all these things. And we're like, that's how you should look. <laughs> wow. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. For anyone listening to this. Yeah. Thing- you definitely want to go check out the website. No, I appreciate that breaking down the. Um, definitely, the and and if I can yeah. if I can add one thing in there, Ola, as well, which I think is an important distinction, and that is that a lot of people that are real estate investors, they're good at the real estate investing bit, which is they're good at doing deals, they're good at maybe liaising with sellers and buyers, and you know doing what they do best, maybe sales things like that. Often, it's a very different skill set to know how to utilize data, to know how to you know, run sales reports and analyze things, to build content, to be a writer, to be a designer, to be a developer. That's a different skill set. And not many people I know are real estate investors that have all those skill sets. But here's where it comes back to, you know, a book by Michael Gerber called The E-Myth, which I love. And that is that you can be great at what you do. Yeah, you can be great at what you do, but you don't necessarily have all these other skills to run your business in it. So let someone else do it. (laughs) Yep. Yep, don't work in your business and work on your business. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yes. Well, I mean, I wish I could keep talking to you, um, but we're definitely, definitely dwelling into the quick round. These are going to be quick questions, quick answers. You ready, Mark? I'm ready. All right, first question. What makes you, Alicia, different? What is that unique um, differentiating factor that separates you from the next girl or the next guy? <laughs> Uh, I think that I'm an Aussie investing in the US and a woman makes me a bit different because there's, a, there's not a huge amount of women in the real, real estate investing game. There is this, there is a lot that I know, but on the whole, you know, it is relatively male dominated. I think the thing that makes me a little bit different is um, I don't have any background in real estate whatsoever. So everything that I'm doing, I have learned just like anybody else does. Now, my background is actually in organizational development and HR and training and consulting. So to make that shift from that kind of world to what we're doing now, I think I think I'm brave. I think I'm courageous, um, and I think I'm a good learner. And I think I'm also not that this makes me different from anybody else. I love it. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I can tell you, brought some <laughs> transferable skills from you know your consulting days as well. Um, yeah. Second question. You you mentioned one of my fantastic books already. Um, but second question, what was the last book that you read? Or what was the one thing that you picked up from that book? The last book that I read, I'm actually looking over at my bookshelf here because there's lots here, but um, uh, one of it was actually Ariana Huffington Thrive, uh, which I love, so Ariana Huffington from the HuffPost. And one thing that I think I took out of that is that, you know, she, she got to the point in chapter one of the book that she got to the point of burnout and and was in dire straits medically and I think one of the learnings there for me is when you live the life of an entrepreneur it's always easy to go yes 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 to everything and to want to do and be everything but unless you put yourself first you really are no help to anybody else so it was a bit of an aha for me to go "Mm, okay we've got to look after ourselves a little bit more so we can still grow and prosper and 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 you know, expand. 
Um, and sometimes we need those little reminders. Love it. Love, love Ariana Hunting. Um, last question. You, you've got a lot going on. Anyone listening for the past 30 minutes? <laughs> what do you do for fun? What we do for fun, uh, there's two things. It, it's a tough one to answer though because it changes uh, based upon pre-COVID, post-COVID. One of the main things that we love to do for fun and I love to do for fun is travel. Um, and it's the thing that I'm missing the most at the moment. Both my partner, Matt and I, we're, we're nomadic by nature and you know we like to fill our passports with lots of different stamps and go places. Um, and so that's one thing that's been missing in the last sort of 12 months or so. And in addition to that, one thing that we love doing is going skiing, which uh, is, is that's exhilarating and I love it. Um, but what we do for fun now, we, we bought a cat during COVID. So <laughs> <laughs> Many a cat do. who's called, <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, if we're in lockdown, we can't go to the movies, we, we can't go out for dinner. And, and I don't know for those listening who knows about lockdown in Australia, but we locked down pretty hard here, uh, literally places closed and and even here in Melbourne it's only been the last couple of weeks that we've started to open up again so we got a cat um, which has been a wonderful little hobby to keep us busy but outside of that I love reading I love exercising and uh, I'm very passionate about food and wine so that's the stuff that lights me up such a pleasure to talk to you. If there's anyone listening and, and saying, hey, want to get connected with Alicia, maybe supercharge.com, like where's the best place people can actually reach out or get to know you more? Sure, sure. So I'm more than happy for people to email me direct. So it's uh, Alicia and I know, Ola, no, no one ever gets my name right. You probably have the same problem, right? so, so sorry. <laughs> It's a story of my life. I get people calling me all types of things. But um, uh, so it's Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A at superchargedoffers.com. They can go direct to superchargedoffers.com. We've got two things on our website that might be super helpful for anybody listening. And that is we have our business. Uh, it's actually called, and you might laugh at this, a No More Excuses Business Growth Plan. Because as I asked you before, how many people do you know that have a business plan or a real strategy? And not many. So we're giving it away for free. People can go and download our, our growth plan and have a look at that. And we also have a really good ebook on there, which is about combining digital and print um, to really harness marketing. So they can jump on there and have a look, or they can give my team a call on 888-538-5478. Uh, my team would be more than happy to take any calls and, um, and book time for us to, to have a chat. One of the things that we always do, um, myself or my sales manager joey we're actually happy to just jump on a call with people for half an hour and just help them assess where their business is at and where their marketing is at and ideas that we could throw at them so you know it's all about collaboration in this game and we're here to help such a pleasure Alicia. um thank you thank you thank you really appreciate your time today thank you Ola, and thank you for everyone listening appreciate your time too You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand, believe it, or a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff you've got to check this stuff out so listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com that's bestevershow.com